God is good. And I don't know, as we began to worship, I felt God's presence here powerfully. In a, in a, a days, a day, some certain days when you come, when you, well, certain times when you come and worship, certain people will bring, spark God's presence. Today, as Elder Danny was coming to lead the worship, you know, he volunteered to preside because Pastor Mimi is out of town. So as he came and, and he was dressed in suits and making me, the preacher, look bad. You know, and but I, I saw his heart, gen, uh, genuine heart that wanted to worship God. And I felt like as he walked into to lead the worship, I felt God's delight on him. And I felt God's delight in this place. And I, I, I just want to thank all of you for worshiping with us and also worshiping with us in, online as well. God is here. God is good. Amen. We are in this about halfway, a little more than halfway into the season called Lent. It's a 40 days that leads up to the Good Friday and the Easter, which really symbolizes death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are halfway into it. And we are, our church is in the midst of, as Daniel mentioned in our announcement, in the midst of a campaign called uh, Life on Mission. You know, this is a, we are already into the fourth week. And we are in, in that in our life groups, we are actually learning some of the action steps. The first one is a connect. How can you really share God's word with anyone unless you connect with people? And then, we, as you connect, we begin to uh, uh, we live a lifestyle of serving and loving people. And because as we serve, we don't we don't just be a, be a friend; we actually become family. And and and, as, and then and and this week, I believe the third. Uh, action step is share, sharing. Literally using our words to uh, uh, really uh, give testimony of God's goodness to others. We are learning to take action steps. These are simple steps, but it is actually helping us to get over the fear of the word witnessing or evangelize. Telling people about how God loves us. You know, we are on a mission. We are on a mission. Today, the title of the message is The True Brother. This is the third in the three-part series of the messages on the, the parable of the prodigal son. You know, and, you know, you didn't think that we have that much, to, that much for me to talk about the prodigal son, but I am. And the text today is uh, Luke chapter 15, verse 11 through 32. I'm not going to read all the verses. We'll cover those areas. Let's pray together a little bit. Let's come. Father, we love you, we honor you, we come. Lord, you said there you, that there you will meet with us. There you will talk with us. In Old Testament, in the Holy of Holies, in, in front of the mercy seat and the Ark of Covenant, you said there you will meet with us. Now, God, in Christ Jesus, you meet with us. You talk to us. We come today. Take time to come and Worship together as people of God. To look unto you, God. To hear your voice. And meet with you, God. We come. We ask this afternoon, God, not only truth to live by, not only insights for living, but also, God, more than anything else, your presence. Encounter with you. A word and 
your stirring and your presence in all that we do, even today, God. I ask that you will use me, your word will come forth in power and, 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 and with understanding. We love you, God. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. So, as been hearing, we have, we've been hearing God, God's heart, through the, what, the, one of the most familiar stories in the Bible, the, the story of the prodigal son, parable of the lost son. And the first, uh, first, uh, first uh, which is found in Luke chapter 15, verse 11 through 32. And the first part, of, you know the story, we know the story. first part of the story was really about the beautiful story about this son. And this father had two sons. You know those two sons. And the first part of the story is about the younger son. Probably spunky, the self-willed son who said, I, w- I want to live my life. Can you give me a share of my share of your inheritance, which I will get when you die, but I want it now. And he takes it and goes far away from his dad, lives a wild living, you know, and, and, and end up you know, spending all and squandering all, end up becoming in a gutter, actually literally in, with pigs. And in that place, he come to senses, realize where he was, what, had, what he has done, in his life, and then come to his senses. And he turns and comes back to his father, come back home. And you know the story where father sees him in the distance, has compassion on him, runs to him, hugs him and kisses him, and begins to celebrate. This was the first part of the story, which we all know. It speaks about how the greatness of God's love, there's no sin too great before God's greater love. Nothing that can hinder anyone who comes to God. The Father, the God will not accept and forgive. Are you guys helping me with the PowerPoint? Okay. So, you know, and, and so it began with uh, Luke chapter 15, verse 11 and 12. Let me read that verse. And he said, a man had two sons. The younger man, younger, younger of them said to the father, Father, give me the share of the estate that falls to me. So he divided his wealth between them and he goes off. You know, and, and, so, and, and, then, and, and, and then the son, you know, son returns. And, you know, and, and, and I just told a story about that. And it's an amazing, beautiful part of the story. Now, and the story didn't end there. The second part of the story really was the punchline of the story. The father had two sons. Not only first son, but also second son. And the second son, second son is the older son. When the, when the older son comes back from the work, the field, and comes back and hears the, hears the sound of the party going on, you know the story. And let me just retell the story quickly. And, 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 and here's, what's, here's the party going on. And finds out that, and that there's a party going on because his younger brother came back home. His father threw a party, killing a fattened calf. You know the story. And he was upset. Literally, the, the word really says in chapter 15, verse 29, he says this way. Go on, let's move on. Okay, 28, right there. Right there, go back. 28. And he became angry, he said. 
and, and was not willing to go in. And his father came out and begging and, and pleading him to come in. And you know how obnoxious that the son was in the story. He said, look, I've been slaving all these years for you, but you haven't given anything for me and all those things. And we saw in the story how it showed his unwillingness to come into the house because of his brother showed something in his heart. Not only the younger son was lost, far away from the country, but the older son was in the house doing all the right things, yet he didn't know his father. His heart was not there. He didn't really know the father's heart. He was lost in the house as well. And story ends where the younger son who was, who have sinned, who went out and did all kinds of things, now restored back into the house. And story ends really with the older son who was in the house did the right things, yet not with the heart. He's outside. The question really ends, will he come in or not? That's really, the story ends in that way. As I looked at the story, those two are beautiful stories. The first one more, story about God's forgiveness. The second story really speaking about the religious leaders and, and those in the, in the body of Christ, in, in, in the religious community who are not welcoming those who are uh, broken, who are far away, and those who have not uh, loved their brothers well. Something is missing in the story. That really got me, as I said, this story, something's missing in the story. I don't know if you noticed that. I just something, as I studied the word, I studied to look at the story, something is wrong. Something is missing. Because, you know, uh, there are three, you know, this, this chapter 15, Jesus gave three stories, three parables of the lost sheep, hundred sheep, one, one of the hundred sheep getting lost. And then the lost coin. And the third story really was a story of the lost son. And all these stories had similar parts to it. First part really was there's something that was lost. Second part was something then, and, and there was a great search goes on. Third part was there is something found, and there is a joy in going on. And the first two stories says that there is a greater joy in heaven than one lost sinner coming back, repent, repenting and coming back to God, than 99 others who are righteous who didn't need to repent. And the something, what was missing in the story is, is this. In the third story, we have, let me see, let me get my notes here. Where are we? In the third story, that we have a son was lost, and that he was found, there's rejoicing going on. What's missing in the story is, there's no searching. There's no searching going on, there's nobody searching. And for a long time, I said, you know what? Father is just waiting for him to come. But he's not searching. And so, what, what, something's missing in the story. And as I thought about it, this is a point of the story. There is a true brother. Instead of the true brother, there was, he mentioned about the older brother who is not the true brother. And now the true, real part of the story is there is a true brother. You know there is a true brother who came to search and to seek and find. True brother who gave up all things to seek his lost brother. 
He would do anything to pay any price to find the lost brother. This is why Jesus says, Luke chapter 19, verse 10, this is one of Jesus' mission statements. He says, the Son of Man, Jesus, has come. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. He was the true brother. You see, the real story should have been there was a there was a two brothers, the, the two sons. Younger son was lost, and, and the father is waiting, but the older son went out looking for the younger brother. That would be the story. And then and younger young older brother finds the younger brother, younger younger brother, his brother, and bringing back home and for celebrating would have been the right story. You see. That was supposed to story, but now so she just told a twist in the story to make a point here. And before you go on, I want, to, I want you to see something. Look at, I want to look at chapter 15, verse 20, when, when the younger son comes back home. He said, let me read that verse. So he got up, the younger son got up, came, came to his father while he was still a long way off. But his father saw him and felt compassion for him, and ran and embraced him, and kissed him. Now, the word compassion out of the blue just got me here. Last year, one of the messages, one of the words God gave me, really stood my heart was about the, uh, the parable of the Good Samaritan. The key word was that Good Samaritan had compassion on that man on the later side on the road. Compassion, the same word, which is a very special word in the New Testament, is only used 12 times, only in the Gospels, Synoptic Gospel, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. It's always a, really a tribute to Jesus, always about Jesus. And, 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 and so this, the word is, if you can remember this, splagkanizomai. Let's say it, splagkanizomai. Okay, I'm giving you one Greek lesson. This is a very good word, special word. Splagkanizomai. In a, in a, Pastor Mimi mentioned it about, about four weeks ago. The word has a meaning from the, from the guts. You're feeling from the inside. That's where people believe that your emotion, your heart and love and your pity is located deep inside. Pastor Mimi mentioned the word like punching your gut or something. That's, that this, this is the word Jesus used when he talked about the, uh, the, 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 the Good Samaritan, when, when the man was robbed and beaten by the robbers, in, a, in the story where the, the Good Samaritan comes by and sees the man, and, you know, you look at what he says, uh, who was, goes by, by a Samaritan who was on a journey came upon that man, and when he saw him and felt compassion, he was hard as moved. The others, the Levi and the priest, they, they looked away and walked away, but he stopped, they came and looked, and he saw, and he felt something inside, and he was stirred within him. Maybe, maybe the pessimist mentioned, had a punch in the gut, in the inside, or something, and then he literally bandages him and put oil on him and put him on a donkey. Or King James Version, or he, he put, a, put him on his ass. You know, sometimes that King James Version is helpful. And brings them to the inn and take care of them and, and, and gives money to the innkeeper to ask him to take care of this guy. 
And so when I come back, I'll give you rest of the money, whatever. And he said, he's coming. That's the story about the Good Samaritan, where the key was the other two whom you should have thought, the priest, holy man, a Levite, who was serving the temple, doing God's work, would have helped, but they didn't. This stranger, this man, Samaritan, was actually helping and had a compassion in his heart. That's the word compassion. The word is used, in, and used here in the father. The father saw the son, younger son, he had compassion on him. When his older brother comes back from the field, hears about his brother, he doesn't want to even see him, let alone have any kind of feelings, any kind of heart for the, his brother. All he saw was, this is not right, this is not right, he doesn't deserve it. That, that's all he saw. See, the story here, so much missing is that there is no one who is seeking, searching for the lost brother. But here, here the father has a heart. What, what I saw really was that heart, the compassionate heart was in Jesus Christ. It was in Jesus. And you'll find in every time you, the word is used in New Testament, you find that how the, compa- the word compassion is used. Now, I, I sort of jumped ahead. Now, let me go back to this thing. I remember last year, God really gave me a thought that compassion feels something. And then it does something. It caused something. But I, 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 God reminded me there's something else missing. The first point is missing. The compassion sees something first. Not only feel, people you feel, he sees something first. Father saw his son coming. Then he had, he had, he has compassion. He felt something for him. He begins with seeing. And the older brother didn't want to even see his younger brother. He didn't want to see him. His, his condition whatsoever, he didn't want to see him. It begins with seeing, compassion, sees something, feels something does something, even though it costs, it'll cause something, the person. Now this is why Jesus said, he is a true brother who came to seek and save the lost. This is, you, you look, look, you'll find in the Bible all over the place. You'll find in, in a, Mark chapter 1, verse 40 to 42, what, what Jesus does, he sees a leprous man and this leper comes, you know, those as leper is shunned and rejected by people because they have to say, unclean, unclean, so let people know he's leprous. And he comes near Jesus and says, if you're willing, if you're willing, you can heal me, Jesus. You know the story, Jesus had, had felt compassion on him and he stretched out and touched him and says, I'm willing to be healed. Thus he must move by compassion. You see, Jesus has the heart of the Father in the story. Father was moved with compassion. Jesus moved with compassion. Same compassion that he talked about in the Father that he has. Jesus has a compassion. And, and he says there's so many stories you can find in the Bible. In, in chapter 50, uh, chapter, and uh, I looked at, uh, I don't know where the story comes from now. I'm looking at the PowerPoints. It's just, 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 uh, my, 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 may my thoughts go everywhere. I'm getting, I'm getting old, okay? 
I'm getting old. I don't, I don't want to accept it, but you see, there are, and I, I, yesterday I took time to study every time the word compassion is used. The word compassion is used in Matthew, Matthew 9. I don't have the PowerPoint for this. 9, where Jesus saw the crowd coming, and he saw them distressed and oppressed. He had compassion for them. And then he says to the disciples, look, the harvest is plentiful, but workers are few. And beseech the Father, send more workers into the field. He was always moved with compassion when he fed the 5,000 out in the field where people were walk, came to listen to him. He was moved by compassion to do miracles. With compassion, he was moved to heal the sick. And this is how Jesus moved. This is why Jesus goes, goes after the, the one woman in, in, a, in a, the, not a good part of the country. In Samaria, one woman in a, in a, with a very bad you know, the, what it called, reputation who had five husbands, now living in the sixth. And Jesus goes to find a woman and talks to a woman that, that she may be found. Jesus actually walks down the street, sees a tax collector who has hated those days, Matthew the Levi, and calls him, come and follow me. While, while tax collectors are the shunned and rejected, Jesus calls him, I want you to be my disciple, I want you to follow me. And he goes, spends time with him. He walks down and sees a Zacchaeus, this little man on a sycamore tree. And he sees him. And says, Zacchaeus, come down, I need to go to your house. And he goes to his house. This is who Jesus was. This is what Jesus says, son of man came to seek and save the lost. He is the one with heart, compassion for the lost. This is the story of the prodigal son. Jesus, as a true brother, has a heart of the Father, out of, out of that compassion, goes on looking for his brother. You see, Jesus is a good shepherd that searches for the lost sheep. He is the, the woman who was searching for the lost coin. He is a brother who was looking for the younger brother. I found a powerful story, probably I've never heard of it, about brother of the pilot, they called him. In 1964, in November, there was, uh, uh, I think, a lieutenant uh, um, that was in the army, I think. Let me see if I can find the story. He was a uh, first lieutenant in U.S. Army flying in an L-19, L small uh, uh, one-engine, I think, uh, plane that, that will do reconnaissance in Vietnam where the Viet Cong, Viet Cong's the raging war, hide up the war with Viet Cong in Vietnam. And he was, in the middle of uh, November, he was, the plane didn't come back. And he was uh, written out as, you know, uh, uh, missing in action. He had a brother, younger brother, an older younger brother named Donald. He literally... He literally, um, he had a, had a wife and three, three, three young children. He quit his job and made plans to go out to Vietnam to look for his brother. 
He goes out eight months. He stays. He, he goes out eight months. He's in Vietnam for four first four months. He goes. He goes. Well, first went to the, his unit and found out, get information where what location he might have been missing from. And he went to village to village, printed out a lot of flyers, putting a reward out. You know, five thousand dollars for any information about his remains, ten thousand dollars if if he's found. And he, he began to pass out and, and look for village to village looking for his brother. Therefore, he's known as the brother of the pilot. About four months into it, he had, and with, with a uh, French-speaking uh, tra translator, you know, and so he thought that he, he got a word from the leader of the Viet Cong army so, so he can go and see, see them. He walks nine days into the place, and, read, and he was actually blindfolded, take, taken into, he was imprisoned for the next four months. His brother, he's looking for his brother. And, and in midst of, in, in, while he was in that, in the place, imprisoned for a number of months, they were trying to figure out who is this guy. They couldn't believe whether it was his story. After a while, they believed his story. And somewhere in the middle of the time he was there, one of the guys came and said, oh, your brother was plane was shut down. And, and he was killed. And we buried him somewhere. He said, can, I, can, I, can you take me to where he was buried? No, we cannot. He, he was so, so despaired. And he was so angry. And he despaired. He even tried to kill himself. But four, after four months of in, 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 in the imprisonment with the Viet Cong, they let him go. You know, he came out. And, and, and really, and he is a brother who went out looking for his brother. Not older, younger brother, not the older brother, but a brother who left everything to looking for his brother. Isn't this what Jesus did? He saw Father's heart, the lost world. He, with his Father's heart, he comes to this world looking for the lost brother. He gave up everything looking for his lost brother, risking his life. And, and, and he actually gave up his life to look for his brother. That is the big brother that we have. That is the true brother we all need. That is who Jesus Christ is. He is who came looking for the lost ones to seek and save the lost. That's who he is. This is why we are in the midst of this campaign. To say that we, as followers of Christ, we have the same call that Jesus had. Jesus said, I came, Son of Man has come, to seek and to save that which was lost. This was his mission. And then Jesus says to disciples right after resurrection, just as Father sent me in John 20, I send you with the same mission. That's the mission God has given to all of us as sons and daughters of God. He who found us said, I'm calling you to go and look for the lost, lost son and the sheep. This is why Jesus, on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit comes and Jesus gave the word saying, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You, will be, you shall become my witnesses in Jerusalem. And all of Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth, that's what our calling is. We are, living, we are called to live a life, to see, seek and find the lost. Do you have a brother who is lost? Maybe you're called to be the brother who look for the lost sheep. 
lost brother. Maybe as, as, uh, as Irene prayed, it might be just right across the street. It might be down the way down, down there. We are called to live. Our, we are called to have the same heart as our Father has. Yeah, we are called to follow the heart of our Lord Jesus. As I was listening to some of the messages by Tim Harlow, the author of this, this campaign, he said, you know what? Simple things. How we, we connect, but he said, first, one of the first things we need to do is stop. Often when you're so busy living our lives, I don't have time to look at anything else. You see, compassion starts by seeing. When you're busy on our road, going our own way, I don't see anything else. Jesus was able to stop and saw Zacchaeus in the midst of all the crowds. He saw with all the people he saw, one man, Zacchaeus was able to see that man. You see, stop and drop things. Make room in our lives so that we live with anticipation of those that God will bring into our lives. We need to meet, we need to love, we need to connect, we need to serve, we need to share his love with others. Not only in the other nations, in our, in, our, in, our, in, in our places. When you go to work, when you go to work, go there a little early. Even in, 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 in Mr. Busy Days, make room that God may let you see people in your workplace, your coworkers, to hear their cry, hear their concerns, where they are. You see, you start with seeing. Compassion starts with seeing. It's one of the things I think in, in, the, in, in, our, in, in this uh, campaign, one of the things Tim Allen mentions in, in the first action point connect is one of the things you may want to do is do some, your walk, prayer walk your neighbor, neighborhood. Walk around your neighborhood and see your neighborhood a little bit. Get to know your community a little bit, see what's happening. See where any opportunity where in which people who are hurting, who are in need, who are, who are broken, you don't have to go find and, and you know find and, and you know you know debate with those who doesn't want to believe in Christ, who does not need God, who doesn't think they need God. Look for those who are in need first and see those around. He will give opportunities to talk to people. I'll tell you one story. Um, now I need to. You know, my wife will yell at me. Just you know, um, lately, uh, in, when when I when I have time in the afternoon, you know, I love Burger King. You know, Burger King has a. Burger King has, you know, the two for five deals. You know, and so and some, some afternoons, you know, I'll go out there, get a two for five, five deal, and, and same place, they, they know me now, as I get a one Whopper and one chicken sandwich, okay? I just bring my water, so only five to 5.30 with the text, okay? And I'll go there, you know, often enough, I remember one day I came, I went, one of the girls, or one of the ladies were in cashier, she saw my, this, this thing, she said, I've been wanting to ask you, what is that green sticker you have on your, on your tablet? I own my phone, I have it too. What is that? And uh, nobody ever asked me anything. So like, I was, hmm, and, and, and I, I, I should have said, you know, this is, the, uh, this is our denomination sticker. It shows the Christ in the middle. When Christ will flourish like a leaf, we are flourishing. Our, our denomination, we believe that we want to be Flourishing in Christ, discipling, uh, making churches that flourish in Christ, make disciples flourish in Christ. Yeah, I could have really gotten to tell her about, really about Jesus, but she's really asking me, you know, about what is that? 
I had an opportunity to tell her. I said, I really, I blew, I didn't really tell her. I said, this is my denomination sticker. What could I say? This really is about person's life, flourishing, blessed life, with Christ in the center, letting your life grow. How are you doing in your life? Could it be very simple to talk? You know, connecting, right? Connecting. And when the opportunity might come to get to talk to people and share, tell them about how God loves you and God loves them. He is calling us to be people with mission. Tell how much God loves them. See, we've been stuck on this. I've been stuck on this verse for I don't know how many years. God so loved the world. He gave his son, his one and only son, Jesus Christ. Now, I want you to think about that. I want you to change the verse a little bit. God so loved the world. God gave you. God gave you as followers of Christ. Not only his son, Jesus Christ, oh, God gave you. So that they who does believe in him shall not perish but eternal life. God is giving you because he loves the world. Giving you as the sons and daughters of God to this world. So that they may not perish but have eternal life in Christ Jesus. We are called to walk with God and love with God. Almost done. Could I have the praise team come? I don't know where your heart is. I don't know where you have been. I'll tell you out of, uh, oh, out of many things, you know, even though I'm a preacher, I, I, te- I love to teach the word of God. I am not comfortable meeting people and, and strangers and telling people about, you know, at least in a personal setting. And, and, and uh, I'm not as comfortable in telling them about Christ Jesus. I should be. And, and, and it's just, just the getting that opportunity, getting to talk. Once you get me to talk, I'll talk forever. But, you know, that, that, you know, that being able to, in my personal life, daily life, letting people know there is God who loves them, God who cares for them, God who gave up heaven's glory to seek and find what was lost, to give them life and life abundant, that, was Jesus, that Jesus is available to all, came to all, for every single person, to find life and be freedom from sin, and find life and hope in this world. We are called to share that, called to speak that to those around. So I want, you to, I want to encourage you this week. In, in your daily life, life, stop, slow down, look, and see with God's eyes those around you. God may open a door for you to speak his word to them and be a neighbor to them, to love them, we love them as Christ loved us. And then, and then may the Lord give you the joy of seeing those around you come to know Christ through you. You know, uh, as they're getting, uh, just, just one, one more thought. Um, Last year, last year in January, when Michael and Anna was here, visited us, I tell you, one of the things that I was most jealous of for Michael and Anna was this. You know, um, I mean, they, they, they were sharing how their, my two grandkids, Eternity and Xavier, came to know Christ in home, at home. 
during, during evening prayer time and the evening, each one and accepted Christ. Tony was quite not six years old. She accepted Christ. She had Holy Spirit experience. And after accepting Christ and praying with mom and dad, Xavier had a similar experience before he was not even quite four. And, and to see my own children come to know Christ, not at the retreat, that's great too, but not at a conference, but also even actually at home with me being there. Me being able to share God's love with them. If they come to know Christ, even through me as a dad, who would have been something that it would have been something that I would boast about all my life. You know, and as, and I remember when I heard that, great, praise the Lord, I love it, but I wish I had, I had a more uh, uh, thoughtful ways of looking at things where in my home, I, I can, my kids can come to know Christ in my home. I'm praying, my, my prayer is that we will find in any and every circumstance, be ready to share the hope that is in us, starting from our home. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we come. We love you. We honor you. You who came to save and seek and save the lost. Father, we ask today, today, God, you came and found us and gave us life. Father, I pray today, God, that we will grant us your heart, your, your sight, your vision to see. Father God, we want our hearts and our lives to be with your mission to seek and save the lost. Help us to walk. Help us to run with you. Help us to share in your joy. We love you. We, we give you glory, God. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen.